Hi everyone, welcome to Real Talk with Abigail. I'm your host, Abigail. Let's be real. Life has its ups and downs, and sometimes we don't take the time to really talk about it. So that's what I'm gonna do, talk about it. Join me and a different guest each week as we talk about faith, fun, and everything in between. So let's get started with today's episode. I have Kathy Stoffer in the studio with me today. How are you, Kathy? I'm good. You're looking at me and smiling. I'm so not used to being <laughs> like someone looking at me while I'm in here. It's lovely to be yeah. in here with you today. So Kathy is a co-worker of mine with Shine FM. We've known each other for several years now, and she is a licensed professional counselor at Transitions Professional Counseling in Urbana. Yep. And we are going to talk about anxiety today. I know. What a great topic. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> so here we go. So a little bit of my backstory. A year and a half ago, I started having very severe anxiety. Um, there was a lot of stress in my life and... I was getting headaches and that was kind of triggering it. So that spiraled down into chaos. And so I want to get into that more and I want to hear your perspective of anxiety and I want to talk about how the Lord works through anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so hard not to like just put my therapy hat on real quick. Do you mind, do you mind me asking you how you define that chaos? Like, what were the specifics of that? I'm just, I'm just curious as your friend, really, to know what that chaos felt like for you. Mm, stepping into the counseling room. I can't. Sorry, this will be the only <laughs> one I ask. I promise. No, it's good. It's good. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that chaos was a bunch of physical anxiety mm, symptoms mm -hmm. and a bunch of mental symptoms. Um. My vision was getting weird. Okay. I was shaky all the time. I was weak and tired and yeah. nauseous and headaches. And I was so stressed out, my whole body was just thrown into, like, disaster. Right. So for you, anxiety <laughs> really manifested physically. It did. With lots of outside things that you could see. Right. And then probably inside things like fast thoughts mm -hmm. and trouble sleeping, I'm going to guess. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of things that are kind of more inside stuff as well yeah heart rate and sweaty palms just all kinds of things but I was also walking around with a smile on my face uh, absolutely that happens <laughs> all the time that we can have a high level of functioning inside of anxiety and lots of people don't know what's going on really because yeah. functionality is okay yeah. So I had myself convinced that I was sick. Mm. I did not know much about anxiety. I was just, I was like, okay, this is it. This is how I go out. Oh, you <laughs> thought you were sick, sick. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, this is it. Something terminally wrong. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's over. Mm -hmm. um, the headaches won't stop. The bad sleep won't stop. Mm -hmm. Nothing will stop. And I didn't realize how much stress was going on in my life mm -hmm. at that time. And all of that was causing major anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you how did you figure out that it wasn't a terminal disease? It took a long time. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of research and I joined some anxiety mm -hmm. Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And the Facebook groups showed me different posts from different people asking the same questions. Like, why am I getting these headaches? Why are my hands shaking? Why is my heart rate going crazy? And the more I read those, the more I started to relax and be like, okay, this this is a thing. Mm -hmm. And the vision was another thing. Like, my vision wasn't working very mm -hmm. well. 
and other people said they had the same problem. Mm-hmm. And so doing that research kind of helped me slowly start to overcome things. Right. But I think one of the biggest turning points was I was so stressed out and scared that I was just going to drop. Mm-hmm. Like my heart is all messed up and I'm just going to drop. And my dad pulled me aside and looked me in the eyes and he said, God will determine mm-hmm. when that happens. Yep. You have no control over that. And that was a moment of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So whatever happens in my life is up to him. It's not mm-hmm. up to me. I don't have control over this right now. I Isn't need to just let go. That you use the word chaos. And the solution to chaos is not our own control, right. but God's control. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's the answer to stuff, isn't he? Yeah. And so I slowly started to realize that I was also not trusting him mm-hmm. very well. So I was very shaky in my faith and just not focusing on what mattered, mm-hmm. but focusing on myself, really. Mm. And... To this day, I still get anxiety sometimes, especially in the middle of really bad stress. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I'll have an anxiety attack, Mm -hmm. which is not good. (laughs) It's unpleasant. Very unpleasant. (laughs) And everybody around me is like, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, those are getting farther apart Mm -hmm. as I recognize the fact that it is anxiety. Yeah. That's what we look for, like kind of clinically what I set clients up for is that when you're healing from this, um, we look for intensity, frequency, and duration. Mm-hmm. And so if all of those or any of those are getting smaller, doesn't mean everything goes away. It just means, hey, you're making progress because it's either less intense, less frequent, or it lasts less long. Mm-hmm. And that goes, oh, that's signs that there's healing going on. So yeah. it sounds like there's really good healing going on. Yeah. And I want to tell people about it now. Because Mm. there's so many people I've found out about that have anxiety and they didn't even know what it was. And it's fear. There's just this fear pandemic going on. If I can word it any better than that, it's a fear pandemic. And people are unable to function right because of this anxiety. So, yeah, I wanted to bring you on here and talk more about this and talk more about my story and hear from you. When you have clients coming in, what you do and what process you use to help them overcome this fear. Sure. And I love that God has allowed me to set up a practice that is, um, it's pretty clear to clients that it's a biblically based therapy that Mm -hmm. we bring God in. So we kind of do this, this merge of scripture, who God is with psychotherapy Mm -hmm. techniques as well. And I often let the clients lead a little bit in that out of respect for them and out of honestly, out of ethics. Um, But it is this beautiful blend because I believe God is the healer, but he'll use people. He'll use earthly tools, just like medical tools. He'll use those to heal in um, therapy circumstances. So one of the things when we are talking about anxiety is we, we center in on a phrase called unmet needs. And that most anxiety, kind of generally speaking, is based on the fact that in the moment we have an unmet need and we have no clear vision on how that need is going to get met, which is a super cool connection to this faith idea. Um, We all have needs. Mm -hmm. Most of our needs are super healthy. Um, Often, though, we 
strive to meet them in an unhealthy way. Or Mm. when we have a need we don't think is going to get met and we can't see that, we just go, oh my gracious, I can't live without this need being met. Mm. And that's when that panic, that anxiety gets really, really big. Um, So it's interesting to ask people in that moment of really big fear, what need are you afraid isn't going to get met in that moment? And often when they can answer that, all of a sudden they have clarity because here's the other trick of anxiety. Anxiety says something bad is happening but doesn't tell you what. (laughs) And it just says something terrible. And if you can go, well, what's the terrible thing that I'm afraid is going to happen right now? And all of a sudden when you bring the word into the light – because darkness is anxiety, darkness, mm. you know, light is truth. You bring the word into light, oh, I'm afraid of this. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, solutions appear. But when we say something bad but can't define it, and people go, well, I can't figure out what I'm upset about. And in that moment, that's often true. But typically, the answer is inside of us. Mm-hmm. There is something that we're afraid of. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes there's real grief. Sometimes there's real hard things going on. Sometimes it's imagined though. Yeah. Um, I use this with women all the time. Have you ever walked into a room and someone stops talking and you're sure they're talking about you <laughs> like, or they're mad at you or oh, yeah. like they're mad at me and you have no proof that anyone's mad at you. You've kind of made it up in your head. Um, and so that's kind of the general swing that we take when we start to talk to someone about their anxiety. And God has been talking to me, especially this week, that anger, because I see so much anger right now. No. <laughs> that anger is um, fear in disguise. Mm. That anger, you're really afraid of something when you're angry about something. I'll just throw my kids under the bus here for just a minute. <laughs> um, if I'm angry that my kid didn't do their homework, then what I really am is I'm afraid that my kid's not going to grow up to be a good person. Like, seriously, we extend it that far. Um, And we extend, that's another piece of anxiety, that anxiety is often fear of something in the far future um, that we believe might happen instead of, like, in the moment for now, understanding that right now I'm okay. Right now, we use this phrase in my house, we go, nothing bad is happening. (laughs) Um, To remind ourselves in the moment, nothing bad is happening. Like, unless it is, then healthy grief, healthy processing, healthy stuff Mm. can happen. But oftentimes our anxiety, anxiety comes when actually nothing bad is happening. Yeah. And it's funny how it's so true when you're really panicking and your body is all freaking out and... When you take a second, you look around and you're like, I'm okay. There's nothing to freak out about. Why is my body overreacting like this? Absolutely. And so we teach people how to um, fight those thoughts. Here's the other trick of anxiety. You're in control of your thoughts. Your thoughts are not in control of you. Mm. And that is biblical, scriptural. God tells us that take control of your thoughts. He says that in his word. And we forget we can do it. Um, and then we forget to ask him for help to do it. We try to do it on our own power. And in those minutes, we might, we just might not have the power to do it, but you can control those thoughts and go, oh, wait, something bad might happen next week, but it's not happening now. And so now I am okay. Yeah, that is 
one thing I was trying to do was controlling it myself, mm-hmm. like trying to fix myself and holding on to my own ideas. And God brought me to Psalm ninety four nineteen. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Right. And the one thing I love about God is he will put stuff in us. It's it's not that in your moment of anxiety, you have to find God's comfort inside of you. It's that in the moment of your anxiety, you have to open your hands and let him put it there and believe that he will. It's in his power, not ours, that it gets done that mm-hmm. way. So we are saying, I, I trust. You talked about faith a little bit. It isn't a question of, gosh, I've lost my faith. In anxiety, it's a question of where does God need to teach me something new about my faith? Mm-hmm. It's not a lack of faith. It's we need just a deeper understanding of the faith that we already have. Yeah, and I also realized I was not doing much to help my relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. in those moments. And I was so caught up in this anxiety that... I didn't really get into the Bible much. I didn't really listen to sermons or anything much. I was just trying to survive mm-hmm. <laughs> on my own. And it's funny how when you make that turning point of going from trying to do it all on your own to trusting in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding, it changes things. Absolutely. And I want to have the most amount of empathy I have for people who know that they need to seek God, but don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul, I love it that it's Paul who says it. Why do I do the things I don't want to do, but I don't do the things that I do want to do? And there can be a real um, difficult coming together. When anxiety is high, it's likely that motivation is also very low. Yes. And (laughs) um, there can be a real struggle Like you can know in your head the things that might be helpful. So I want to send out just as much empathy and understanding as I can for those who are kind of in that position who go, man, I know I should be reaching towards God and I know I should be doing this, but I just, I just can't for some reason right now. That is a very real thing. And I want to encourage any small step. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be giant because remember, it's always God doing the work. And especially in our weakness, he says, when you're weak, I'm strong. He says, I don't need you to be strong. I just need you to look. And maybe sometimes that's enough. Just saying, all right, God, I can't open my Bible. I can't journal. I'm, I'm not going to turn on a podcast, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my eyes to you right now. For the next 30 seconds, I'm just going to turn my eyes to you and let him do what he's going to do. Because sometimes when anxiety is so big, that's all you got. That's yeah. all you've got in you to do is that 30 seconds. And that, um, that's typical. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not easy. It's hard. Um, but it is something we see all the time. People who don't understand what anxiety is often think it's just an emotion. Right. Like sadness. But what they don't realize is that it really affects you. Stress does weird things to your body. And that low motivation that you were talking about is so real. Oh, yeah. So real. I struggled to get out of bed every Mm -hmm. morning. I struggled to drive my car. Mm -hmm. Like everything was so much harder. It was like I was walking through mud Mm -hmm. and not realizing what was going on. So we have this really 
cool thing that comes out of the back of our brain called the polyvagal nerve. And the polyvagal nerve is connected to your brain, but it's connected to you physiologically. If you think about your body, um, you can't control anything that happens in your body. You control your breathing. You can control your blinking a little bit, but if I throw a pen at your face, you're going to blink. But most of our body functions, like you're talking about heart rate, how my eyes are working, but how all that works is it's programmed in us and we don't have control over that. So what the connection of the polyvagal nerve is, it's connected to our brain. So when we have a thought or a feeling, it sends signals down that polyvagal nerve and it affects us physically. We can watch it. Like we can see this scientifically. We can see these things happening. And so when you feel that physiological response, people say, well, it's all in your head. Well, it started in your head. Like it it started there. It started with a thought or a feeling but it did absolutely transfer to your body. So just by saying quit it, that didn't work <laughs> um, because your brain doesn't believe it. Right. So we do have to, again, take captive those thoughts and we have to let God work in our thinking. But it is so real physiologically. It affects our hormones. It affects oh, yeah. all kinds of things. Um, and again, if people look at the research, the science just backs it up all, all across the board. Yeah, it does. It's not talked about enough sometimes. No. And so when it is happening to you, it totally throws you. Mm-hmm. When I come across um, Christians who struggle with the mental health profession, um, I often share it this way, that I think that God looked down on his children and he said, man, they're hurting and I hate it. I hate that my kids are hurting. And so I'm going to give them tools to help them not hurt. I think every solid therapy technique we use is absolutely a gift from God. Just like we use the medical profession. When I have a broken leg, I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to let him take an x-ray and I'm going to let him put a cast on it and I'm going to do physical therapy and I'm going to do these things, which are all scientifically based. Mm -hmm. But I think those are all gifts from God as well. He knows what a hard world this is. He uses the tools of the world for his good Mm -hmm. and to show love to his children, which, you know, He kind of loves us all quite a lot. (laughs) He does, doesn't he? So transitioning into the next thing, how does anxiety impact relationships? Oh, man, if I could say it messes them up, how's that? Uh, (laughs) All right, we're done. (laughs) We're done. It messes them up. Um, Again, if you kind of go back to the the idea that anxiety is based on unmet needs, where do we look for our needs to be met? Other people. Other people. We look for other people. And other people can be so helpful in that. And I think that's part of God's design. I think that's what we should do. One thing we're really crummy at is we're really crummy at asking other people for help correctly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Hey, I need, I, I literally teach a technique that sounds like this. Ask for it this way. I wish you would blah, 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 blah. Here's how I would feel if you would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other person has the right to say yes or no. Yeah. I'll do that. No, I won't do that. Um, But we think, I call it the the Disney princess idea. If you loved me, you would know. If you understood me, you would know. Nope. It's just not true. But we walk that way. Yeah, we walk around with that expectation. That only works with God. God does know us. God does love us. And he can always meet the needs. Mm -hmm. So we go into relationships and we're looking for them to meet needs, and they're going to do good sometimes, but then they're going to fail because they're human beings, and sometimes they just get it wrong, or they don't know, or they just don't have the tools within them, Mm -hmm. no fault of their own, and then we're hurt. 
and how we react to how that happens oh, is going to yeah. affect the situation. Absolutely. And Been there several times. <laughs> anxiety tells you that I have to, I must get my need, needs met or something bad will happen. Yeah. Something that's too big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that escalates response. Remember I said anger is anxiety lived out in another way. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety and depression are cousins. They're almost always together. Yeah. And then the other person is usually like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. It, but they don't know how to communicate that either. They so want to fix or want to make it better. And so they're angry and you're like, everybody just gets the anger and the tension just gets really, really high. And then it all blows up. It does. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. handled very Christ-like. No. <laughs> um, if we finally kind of get it figured out going, okay, I need God to meet my needs, we also add the phrase right now. God, I need you to meet my need right now. Ooh, um, guilty. And, and when he doesn't, then again, we feel abandoned. We yeah. feel like nobody gets it, that nobody understands, and I'm never going to get this need met. It can create crisis in relationship with people, humans, and it can create crisis in relationship with God when we don't get that immediate relief Mm -hmm. from him. And that's a lack of trust again. It is. And I'm careful with those words because people are like, well, I do trust God and they do. Mm -hmm. It's like how I used faith. It's not that you don't trust God. It's that God is so deep and complex that we are going to have to continually grow in areas of faith and trust Mm -hmm. because we can't get it all at once. Right. And so it's it's not that you don't have it, and it's not even that you don't have enough of it. It's that God is who he is, and we have to continue to go, yep, I need to learn more. Yep, I need to learn more. Because a lot of people get get judgy of others, Mm -hmm. um, and they get down on themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't I trust? I know all these things about God. Why can't I trust him? Why isn't my faith bigger? And all of those things only compound anxiety. One of the verses I really like in Isaiah, Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Here's the thing that people don't understand about both depression and anxiety. It's people who are functional in depression and anxiety are the strongest people I know. Mm. Because if I don't have anxiety, it's not terribly hard for me to do a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much energy or effort. And there's two kinds. There's physical, emotional. And we need both to do all our jobs all the time. But when you have anxiety, the amount of energy, the amount of strength it takes you to do the smallest things is like 10 times more. Yeah. Um, I am not mechanically inclined. For me (laughs) to change the oil in my car or to even change the tire of my car would require a lot of emotional, intellectual strength for me because I'm not good at it. I don't understand it. I'd have to look it up. Right. My husband, bam. No problem. Super quick. Um, and that's what people people think people with anxiety are weak. People with this. No. The strength it takes people with anxiety to do everyday things is mm. incredible. Yeah. And so when I hear that verse, I always want to go, yeah, but don't miss where he's given it to you. Yeah. We think strength looks like total health. Right. We think we have to be totally healed and perfect 
to work in that strength or to be having given that strength yeah um I think about hearing like I was around you during that time and I didn't know Mm -hmm. and so it's strength to walk through your day um you know maybe not healthy but it is strong (laughs) to walk through your day and have people not know yeah um so I want to encourage those who do struggle with that anxiety piece, who think that they're weak and they haven't received that strength. Oh my gosh, you are probably using that strength in ways that you can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah. This has been a really good talk. And I really hope that people will understand anxiety from our perspective a little bit better in that, yeah, it's real. Mm -hmm. It actually affects you and there are ways to overcome it. Absolutely. So what are some takeaways we can give them? So just remembering one of the best questions um, I give people when they're dealing with anxiety is to ask themselves just that simple thing I've said before. Hey, what am I worried about right now? Mm -hmm. Um, And is that actually happening right now? Because that brings you into the moment. Anxiety is typically worry about the past or worry about the future. Mm -hmm. So the idea is try to bring it into the moment. Mm -hmm. What am I afraid of? Is that happening now? And that's kind of the simplest thing. Sometimes we ask you to change environments. If you're inside, go outside. If you're standing up, sit down. We do a little thing called grounding where just literally name five things in the room and put an um, adjective with them. Yes, I, I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a clear water bottle. I see you this. I see you that. Um, it brings you into the moment. We have a song. I think it's Jeremy Camp, Keep Me in the Moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, where <laughs> I love that song because it's so helpful just to be reminded that this moment is the one I'm feeling anxiety in and I might not need to. Yeah. And I think something I would say is to be fervent in prayer Mm. in those moments don't stop talking to God Mm -hmm. because he's not leaving you even if you feel like it and your anxiety tells you he is he's not don't stop talking to him and don't stop reading his word Mm -hmm. it's so crucial to cling to him when you are fearful Mm -hmm. because he gets rid of the fear he does and he has that supernatural way of doing it again I love that it's his power and it doesn't have to be mine And I would just add that prayer doesn't have to look like anything other than turning your face towards God and pouring your heart out, whatever it is. Yell it at him, be mad at him. Um, At the very beginning of the pandemic, I was struggling with some things and I left my house with just my car keys, no phone, no nothing connecting me to anything. And I kind of yelled at God for about 30 minutes, 30 (laughs) straight minutes of just ripping it all out and I had a friend I shared that with and he said you know that's worship because Mm. you turned your heart towards God you did and that's how God defines worship wow that I just was honest with him deep down Mm. in my bones and I let it all be there he knew it anyway yeah there isn't anything I'm ever going to tell him he doesn't already know Mm -hmm. but I needed to give it to him yeah and Things changed from that moment. So prayer doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't. To no. be totally effective and an amazing communication with your father. Absolutely. 
And I think the last thing I would say is don't keep your anxiety a secret. Right. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that will eat you alive. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'll just make a plug for the profession. There are a lot of wonderful Christian counselors around. Yeah. Um, Light the Way in Bell Fountain is an amazing organization. It's a Christian counseling organization. Um, if you are listening to this podcast from far away, there's a a website called Psychology Today, and you can search for Christian counselors in your mm. area, wherever you are. Um, there's a lot of us out there who want to put these two things together. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. You're for welcome. Talking with me here, and it was a really good talk. And it's time for a lot of people to become more aware of yeah. anxiety. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. Yeah, anytime. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. You can find me at abigailtip10. Leave a comment or a DM and I would love to get back with you. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Have a blessed day, friends.